Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to The Hiker Podcast. What is up, hikers? This is Andy, and this is the podcast that gets to the story behind the hiker that demystifies hiking the podcast that tries to tell the story of those who just started hiking and those who have hiked the triple crown it's the hiker podcast how's everybody doing today i am doing pretty well many of you guys may know if you follow me on instagram that uh yeah i'm I'm preparing for my first ever backpacking trip it's just a night it is along the pct and I, I'm super stoked about it. Uh, it's going to be like a nine and a half, 10 mile in, nine and a half, 10 mile out. I'm not going to let y'all know where I'm going exactly. I mean, it's in Southern Oregon. It's along the PCT, which is a pretty, pretty broad, but I'm excited. And uh, if you don't know, I am a new hiker. My name's Andy. I'm a new hiker. Uh, I've been hiking for the last year and hiking pretty much saved my life. And uh, I started this podcast because I wanted to get to know other hikers and learn more about hiking and, and find out about the hikers behind the trekking poles and not just the the ins and outs, which I'm, I'm really into now because I'm, I'm watching all kinds of gear videos about what what cheap gear is comparable. Like what 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 tent is uh, <laughs> is uh, comparable to you know something from uh, from uh, Big Agnes or something, but it's you know not six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred dollars. Um, those things are important, obviously, but I want to know what motivates people to get out on the trail, and not only what gets them on the trail, but how the trail motivates them to change the world around them. And so I'm just super excited for this week's episode. It, I, I am just, I'm stoked, but first I do want to, uh, let you all know that we have a winner for the Sawyer squeeze and repellent giveaway. Congratulations to username on Instagram hike and lift. You have won, uh, the bottles of repellent along with the Sawyer squeeze. And it was so cool because I contacted her and she was crazy excited because she actually needs a new Sawyer squeeze. So I was like, perfect. And uh, Sawyer has been an amazing organization and company to work with. And they have just been so amazing to me and the hiker podcast. So uh, if you don't know what Sawyer products are, they are the makers of the Sawyer squeeze water filter. It's a water filter that I think in my opinion, is one of the best and i it's the one i've used before i started you know being sponsored by them on the hiker podcast before i started the hiker podcast on day hikes i carried the sawyer squeeze with me they make other sawyer you know water filters as well the sawyer mini but also they uh they're there they do the, the repellents and first aid kits and sunscreen they're really just about keeping people on the trail which is why i love them and i know a lot of you like andy's selling out man he's got sponsors now man um you know, uh, sorry, not sorry, but Sawyer really has been a great organization to to work with, and I am just so excited that they are sponsoring this week's episode of the Hiker Podcast. And uh, this week, we are talking to the Prodigy. You probably know him from Instagram, the Prodigy, about Lyme disease and what Sawyer is doing to help prevent and raise awareness about Lyme disease. So we're gonna have what I like to call every week the Sawyer segment. And this is a week two of uh, the Sawyer segments of our 
seven week Sawyer sponsorship. So uh, this is uh, gonna be me, Andy, talking to the prodigy himself. If you don't know who the prodigy is, listen two episodes ago. Yeah, he uh, he, uh, <laughs> he hiked the, uh, the Triple Crown in a calendar year. That's insane. <laughs> Anyways, oh my goodness, like, yeah, I just, I'm still flabbergasted at that. But he is an awesome guy, and uh, I really enjoyed talking to him. So uh, here is myself and Prodigy from Sawyer Products talking about what Sawyer is doing to uh, prevent and raise awareness about Lyme disease. Hey, what's up, hikers? It's Andy here with the Sawyer segment, and we're talking with Prodigy from Sawyer Products and from Instagram, many of you know, uh, about something that's very, very just hard to talk about. It's Lyme disease and what Sawyer is doing uh, to help raise awareness about Lyme disease. So, Prodigy, thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So, Lyme disease, what is it? Where does it come from and how is Sawyer helping combat and raise awareness about Lyme disease? Yeah, so Lyme disease is transmitted through ticks and so it's a tick-borne illness that attacks uh, your nervous system and here at Sawyer we've designed some sprays specifically to help repel and to kill ticks. And what are some of those sprays and products that, that are being used to help you know combat and prevent tick bites? So we have uh, two sprays in particular that are very popular, uh, Sawyer Permethrin, which is actually a repellent that also kills ticks that you can spray on your gear and your clothing. And then we have Sawyer Precaritin, which is a topical insect repellent, which you can put on your skin and your gear to repel ticks. So why is it important besides you know preventing Lyme disease? What, what What is it about Lyme disease that is just so devastating for a person who contracts it? It's a disease that there is no cure for. So it's very hard to detect right away. There are a lot of false positives and false negatives. So the science behind it is still being figured out, but it can devastate a person's life. If you are an avid outdoorsman, you know that ticks are out there and they are uh, increasing population and spreading across the country. They've been found in all 50 states. So our goal here at Sawyer is to make sure you are safe and help you prevent getting bit by anything. And on the off chance, since we're talking about it, if I do find myself bit by a tick, what should I do? Firstly, don't panic. Secondly, if you have a pair of tweezers, you want to grab the tick by its end and slowly pull up. You don't want to yank it out. So ticks are uh, known to regurgitate anything uh, in their stomach out if they're uh, annoyed or disturbed so you want to slowly pull it out so that you don't have that happen because that's where the Lyme disease uh, bacterium is found. Where can I get Sawyer products to help prevent Lyme disease and other tick-borne illnesses? You can find Sawyer insect repellents at uh, local retailers including Walmart, REI, Cabela's. Uh, you can also find them online at Amazon or at our website uh, SawyerSafeTravel.com. And where can I learn more about Lyme disease and Lyme disease prevention? You can go to our website, sawyer.com slash Lyme hyphen disease. And we have a 
amazing charts there, videos, and more graphics. Awesome, Prodigy. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about the aware the importance of being aware of ticks and tick-borne illnesses and Lyme disease. Once again, big thank you to Sawyer. I'm not selling out, guys. Um, I have another sponsor coming on um, that contacted me pretty soon. Mostly going to be working with my Instagrams, um, but I'm, I'm working with them. And it's, it's not an issue of selling out. I'm not going to push a product that I don't believe in and I don't use. And maybe it can be helpful for you. And maybe there's something else. And that's totally fine. Um, but I just I'm, I'm excited that you all, the listeners, have been so awesome to me that organizations want to work with me and, uh, and and put out what they what they make and what they're doing for the hiking community. And I'm just super humbled and thankful to all of you who every every week you send me emails and messages and DMs um, giving me positive feedback, constructive criticism, um, every every everything that just encourages me and keeps me moving forward in creativity and in hiking with this podcast. So thank you all so much for the love you have shown me. I do want to read the, uh, Apple podcast reviews we have this week. Um, Apple podcast is still the king of podcasts. And when you leave a written five-star review, it helps with the algorithms. And that's how it's computer jargon for how, it figures out what when you search things come up to the top and we have apple review here from daddy llama says whether you have hiked the triple crown or have never set foot on a dirt path you've got to listen the host does an excellent job of keeping it interesting keeping it real the conversations and questions are unlike any other outdoor or hiking podcast i have heard thank you so much daddy llama for that amazing and nice and kind and generous very very generous um um, review there and I really appreciate it and so thank you all everyone who who's leaving reviews and you know if you leave a five star review it, that's great but if you leave a five star review and you leave a comment I will definitely read it on the air until it gets too overwhelming I know I have some from Canada that I, I, I hopefully I'll be able to see here soon <laughs> the way Apple Podcasts work is I can't it, it's weird but I know I know there's like two from Canada and I'm going to be able to somehow get access to, to them so Anyways, um, with that, though, this is the main part of the show, and I'm super excited about this next guest. If you don't know, if you've um, ever heard of through hiking, that's hiking, you know, these long, huge trails. Through hiking cannot be done without the help of trail angels. And uh, there's a lot of well-known trail angels in the through hiking community. You know, you have Hiker Heaven. Um, you have all the, the, there's legends out there. And in uh, trail magic, people who just help hikers out on their through hike. But there, there, there are two legendary, very legendary trail angels and hikers that are well known in the community. Many of you may know them as Scout and Frodo, Frodo and Scout. And uh, Scout, also known as Barney Man, wrote a book called Journeys North: The Pacific Crest Trail. And um, gosh. It was my pleasure and privilege to be able to talk to Barney Scout Man for a little little while, to talk to him about his experience as a hiker, 
writing this book as a trail angel, I was just blown away by not only his answers and his conversation, but his generosity to me. He's been, he was so amazing to work with and, and schedule. And he's just, even on my Instagram, he said such kind things to me. And I, I am just blown away that I had the privilege to sit down with him for 30 or more minutes and talk about hiking with him and that he would, uh, a legend such as Frodo and himself um, would be willing to take the time out of their day and, and speak with me. I'm just so amazed. I mean, Barney Scout Man has hiked the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, the Continental Divide Trail. He's a triple, he's a triple crown hiker. He doesn't even mention the fact that he's, he's a triple crown hiker in the interview. Um, he is uh, the president of the Partnership for the National Trail Systems. Uh, he's also been recognized with the Lowell Thomas Journalism Award and co-author of Pacific Crest Trails, Exploring America's Wilderness Trails, and the author of the Continental Divide Trail, Exploring America's Ridgeline Trail. Um, he and his wife, Sandy, also known as Frodo, live in San Diego and have hosted more than 7,000 Pacific Crest Trail hikers in their home. Uh, you can go to his website, barneyscoutman.com, to find out more about him. And, of course, his new book, which many of you have uh, already read, Journeys North. Uh, it spins a compelling tale of six hikers on the Pacific Crest Trail in 2007 as they walk from Mexico to Canada. The ensemble story unfolds as these half-dozen hikers, including Barney and his wife, Sandy, trod north forming relationships and revealing their deepest secrets and aspirations. They face a once in a generation drought and early severe winter storms in the Cascades that test their will in this bare knuckle adventure. Only a third of all the hikers who set foot on the trail that year would finish the Pacific Crest Trail. Um, I have read the book. I started about a third through it and then I realized, oh, I have to interview um, Scout, and so I got it on Audible and finished it that way because um, it, it it's an amazing read, and uh, it's actually a really quick read. I was reading about a chapter or two a night right before bed, um, and he's such a prolific writer, and he, he, you feel like you're on the trail, and that's what I love about it. I'm actually re-listening to it now. Uh, it's so good. So with that said, guys, this is my conversation with Trail Angel triple crown hiker author arty scout man enjoy so last year i started getting into hiking and i soon realized being in ashland oregon i live right next to pacific crest trail i had no idea what that was but i soon learned also being an Uber driver at the time in the area, that there were these hikers that hiked from Mexico all the way up to Canada. And so I hang out at Callahan's, which is south of Ashland, where hikers come out the PCT and they make their way. They usually hitch their way up to Ashland, Oregon to spend a zero day or two. I didn't even know what I was doing it was called being a trail angel. I would just run hikers from Callahan's to Ashland. And so I'd ask the hikers, what is a trail angel? And there, there, was, a, there was a name, two names that I always came up amongst the hikers that was scout and frodo and i am so excited to have barney scout man here on the hiker podcast today talking about his journey as a hiker a trail angel and his new book journeys north the pacific crush trail scout how are you doing today 
I'm doing great. And it's a pleasure to be talking with you, Andy. I, like I said, I am so stoked to have you on the show. And like I was saying before we started recording, it, it, it feels almost surreal because before I even really got into hiking, I, I heard about the Pacific Crest Trail and your name came up. People were like, oh, the trail angels, there's these legendary trail angels, Scout and Frodo. And tell me about what you're doing and what you mean to the community. And so it is an honor for me to have you on the Hiker Podcast. Before we get started, just tell tell the listeners about yourself, who you are, where you come from, what you do. Oh, um, so I'm a very lucky 68-year-old in so many ways. I mean, for one thing, we started out um, uh, hosting Pacific Crest Trail Hikers in 2006, and we did it uh, uh, because we wanted to touch the trail. We were planning on through hiking in 2007. We had thought about doing this for a long time. We thought, wouldn't it be great? We'll have people in our house in San Diego. Uh, we'll maybe be able to follow them along, maybe even do some uh, uh, help them out along the way a bit, and it'll build our own excitement. So we hosted uh, 17 people. Uh, the trailhead is 60 miles inland, and it's hard to get to. Uh, public transportation takes more than a half day. It drops you off uh, uh, more than a mile from the trailhead, and there's no signage. You have your choices of sleeping by the um, uh, Border Patrol Station or the now-defunct uh, Youth Detention Center. Um, people used to sometimes call their, their day zero, the day before the trail, the worst day on the trail. So we hosted these folks. We thought, hey, we're hot stuff. We had 17 the uh, the next year, we had 35 stay with us before we through hiked ourselves. And then the following year, I guess, word got out. We had over 100. And the last year we did it, which was 2019, we, of course, had to cancel our season this year. We had over 1,200 people sleep at a house over 12 weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's this. It's a wonder to be able to do it. Uh, you're You're with people at a... A supremely vulnerable, excited, uh, important uh, moment in their life. You know, they've all set out uh, largely you know, five months, four months. I'm going to do this epic journey. Uh, they've given up their apartment. They sold their car, whatever it is. Uh, so they're both you know excited out of the gourd and a bit uh, <laughs> a, a bit scared too. And it's nice to be able to help them out and basically uh, uh, send them off with a hug. And this is all a um, uh, self-free. It's no gifts, no donations. Uh, we're, we're able to do it. We had uh, so much um, on our own through hike in 2007. Uh, we had so much um, kindness shown to us along the way, pure strangers, and you're needy out there. You know, for Frodo had never hitchhiked before. She was 47 years old. Yeah. So in this, uh, uh, <laughs> in, in the trail world, um, over um, uh, over a third of the years starting hikers started our house. Oh, wow. Yeah. Amazing. So I've read your book. Amazing book. I would encourage everybody to go pick it up. Go to your local bookstore. I know with COVID, that may not be possible. So Amazon's also a possibility as well. And I, I love reading your, your background. The, the, the book chronicles six people, including you, you and Frodo, your journey on the Pacific Crest Trail in 2007. But you also talk a little bit about your background. How is it that someone who grew up in, in the sprawl of, of Southern California fell in love with hiking? Yeah, it wasn't just growing up in, a, in Los Angeles. It was also being born to parents who don't camp. Mom and dad 
God bless them, dad's 96, mom's 93. They have camped five nights in their life. And I think each time they swore that would be their last. But what they did is they took me to Boy Scout meetings. And there I had these amazing adult leaders, Mr. Massey, Mr. Quinn, and Mr. Metcalf. Um, and at age 13, I went with a troop on a 50-mile backpack in the Sierra Nevada. The entire week, we saw two other people out there. It was 1965. And I'm sure at times I was an annoying, scrawny 13-year-old. I didn't weigh uh, 80 pounds, and I had a pack that was uh, at least 35. So it was hard. It was hard. But out there, yeah, out there I saw scenes that you don't see, uh, uh, that I, that, uh, uh, scenes that you don't see in a museum wall. Uh, growing up, I'd, uh, I'd had a coonskin cap on my head and watched, you know, Davy Crockett on, on, on our little TVs. And I was out there in the real thing. And the other piece was one hard thing for me growing up was I was always the shortest in my class. And that's not easy for a boy. It's, it's hard not being picked on. But out there, as long as I kept up, I was the same as the big boys. That was special. So I fell in love with backpacking back then. It's a good thing I did because uh, 10 years later when, uh, uh, when I met Frodo, uh, if she was sitting here right here. She would tell you, uh, I wouldn't have married you if you weren't a backpacker. <laughs> so that was a good thing. I, I love the story you tell of you and meeting Frodo and the story of uh, – I'm not going to give away the book. You need, everyone go read the book, uh, but the story of how you – end up coming up here to the University of Oregon, and she had to make her decision about where to go to college and how you all uh, uh, met and got married. How has it been to have a partner like Frodo, your wife, on this journey of backpacking through hiking and, and, and being a trail angel on, on this legendary now trail? Uh, what does Frodo mean to you as, as a partner and a spouse on this journey? So, Andy, you're going to make me cry. We are... I'm serious. We are 43 years married and you just asked me what my soulmate means to me. And sorry, the voice is quivering here. Um, everything. Um, I, I can't imagine walking through life without her. And that's not to say that we did not have our, our serious hard times. Uh, and actually, if I get to give uh, uh, one piece of advice, you know, the folks just starting out uh, 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 with their partner, um, um, just starting out getting married. And it's that um, every long-term marriage has its time in pure heck. You know, we all look and we see people married 30, 40, 50 years. And they all look happy. You know, they see happy faces and we think it must have always been wonderful. Every long-term marriage has had its time of heck. And so when we had ours, and I did not know that yet, and that was about 10 years into our marriage. I thought, oh, you know, we're unusual. And um, um, and that's not the case. The difference is in this long-term marriage is, is they persevered to get to, to the other side. And actually, I'm going to read you a little piece from the book that I've not, I, I've not read before, that is, I've not read out loud before, because it answers in part the um, uh, your question. It's the very end of the acknowledgments. And I will tear up, and I apologize for that. That's okay. Uh, and it's uh, it says, first and last, there is my Frodo, my wife Sandy. You are always the first I want to read my work. You are who I most want to thrill, make laugh, 
or cry or be gripped with suspense. And the time you spent on this book, edits, comments, propping me up, you could have hiked a thousand miles. So a thousand times thank you. When you read this paragraph at long last, I hope you'll reach out for me with a hug. We are now 42 years married and I still notice every touch. That's amazing. Thank uh, you for sharing that. You did have a second part of the question, um, which was um, uh, uh, the two of us and um, hiking and trail angeling. We are so lucky that we're equally crazy in that way. <laughs> so we both, it wasn't one of us who more wanted to hike the PCT. This was, this was an out and out you know, to the depth of our soul dream for both of us. So it wasn't one of us, you know, dragging the other one along a bit. And the same is true of trail angeling. Uh, and I know I've, I've seen some other couples on the trail and it becomes apparent at some point that maybe one's more enthusiastic than the other. Uh, the two of us are equally, <laughs> equally crazy about this. And the two of us both get up at four 30 in the morning to, uh, you know, her to bake some best, baked, um, uh, uh Bake goods for the next, uh, you know, the uh, 30, 40 hikers we're feeding. I'm cutting fruit. We have uh, uh, volunteers, hikers from past years who are staying with us. And, um, you know, we're putting together the rest of breakfast uh, that day. Yeah. So the question, I, I'm sure you, you probably get this. In fact, I've seen YouTube videos where people have interviewed you and, and they've asked you this. Why do this? Why? Since 2006, you, you've, you've hiked the trail. You, you've done it since 2006. Why do this for hikers? Why, why take the time and, 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 and put in the resources to send these hikers off? There are a lot of reasons, all of which are true. I mean, for one, uh, we had so much kindness come our way in 2007. Uh, that it's such a joy to be able to get back that way. Uh, if there's one thing I wish there was more of in the world, and you know, maybe today especially, uh, is is kindness, people being nice to each other. And here, uh, you know, people come in, and they see that all, uh, all so many of their needs have been anticipated. Oh my gosh, I, fl I can't fly with fuel. Well, there's fuel at Scout and, at, at Scout and, uh, Scout and Produce, and not only that, they've gotten it at a, a discount from a local uh, outfitter, and it is given to me at, at cost. Uh, I can't fly with lighter. They have lighters here. Um, I need to mail out resupply boxes. Oh my gosh, they have a whole postal set up in their, in their garage that I, can, uh, uh, that I can work with and, and send it out. Uh, I like a pack shakedown. Um, um, and either them or one of their volunteers will, uh, will do it. And just to be able to do that for people. And what also happens is so many come in with, um, uh, uh, unexpected, uh, unexpected needs. A guy, who, a guy who wakes up in the morning and realizes he has broken a tooth and he's planning and he's hoped to go out the next day. And then that day, uh, using some resources, we were able to get him in three different dentist's office, and he walks off with his with a with a root canal and 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 uh, uh, with a tooth repaired the next day. Oh wow! And it's just wonderful. Um, so to be able to help people out that way, we also do it because we can. We've always lived below our means, um, uh, 
and to put that sort of a joiner house. We've had people, uh, people who li literally are multimillionaires come through here and get the same treatment as a guy I love who's Cup of Joe. And Cup of Joe, uh, he's set out in the PCT a number of times, and he is just so tickled, tickled pink because he gets a job during the winter at a pizza restaurant and he gets decent tips, makes 15 bucks an hour. Um, and to be able to help that, you know, the full spectrum of people. Um, we do it because I love, uh, uh, I, I love uh, people um, um, uh, 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 singing along when I play guitar. You know, how often do adults get to do a sing-along? And usually every other night, I'll just plop myself down in the living room and start in with uh, some, you know, camp songs and late 60s, early 70s stuff. And the next thing I know, I got five, six, ten, a dozen, uh, 20 folks just, you know, crowd around the edges of the living room. And they're singing along. And then if I can coax Frodo, she'll come in and she'll join me for a, a duet. Yeah. It's all wonderful. That's amazing. And I know hearing from so many hikers and just reading it in the community uh, that it's, it's, it doesn't go overlooked and it's so appreciated. And it, it's, it's been amazing to, to hear and see what you're doing and how it affects so many on the trail. I've even had, I had Elena Osborne, one of my first guests on here, rave about, about you and Frodo, um, about what you all do on the trail. So it, it's been amazing to, to hear and watch. But you've been doing this since 2007, and a lot has happened with the Pacific Crest Trail during that time. You had uh, the book Wild come out, also the movie, which uh, filmed here in National Oregon, which was a big deal here. Um, and then YouTube happened, and now everyone's on the trail. The Pacific Crest Trail Association used to say that the number one driver back in 2008, 2009 to getting people on the trail was the book. Now they're saying it's YouTube. So there's been a lot of changes on the trail. As someone who's been near the terminus since 2006. How have you seen the trail change over these last 15 years? Well, I actually have a, there's another important perspective I've had, you know, aside from being long distance hiker myself, aside from us doing it to trail angeling. I've also had the privilege and honor of serving on the Pacific Crest Trail Association board uh, and even served as its board chair for three years. That's some of the best. Uh, that's some of the best of um, uh, work I've had a chance to do in my lifetime. So, one thing that has not changed is it remains an, an iconic, life-changing experience for someone who sets out to do a long piece of it or do the whole thing. And that's something I hope that if you're still interviewing people 25 years from now, that that will still be the same answer. Uh, and a lot of people are putting in uh, a lot of effort to, to have that continue to be so. Uh, but has the trail, trail changed? Yes, it has. You know, back in our day and when we threw hike 2007, maybe, maybe 300 people started with the intention to through hike. And generally, maybe half of them would finish. Our year was much less because we had a uh, real tough snow year at the end. Mm -hmm. uh, these days, take that 300 number, multiply it by, uh, you know, by about 10, 12, 15, and you have 3,500 uh, people last year started intention to do hike. And you hear those numbers think, oh, my gosh, that must destroy or really change the experience. And it doesn't change the, uh, the iconic, the epicness, the life-changing aspect of it. It does change the trail, for sure. Um, 
you know, there's so much more connectivity. There's so much um, uh, the resources available, uh, sources to learn about how to do it is so much more than it was. Um, but um, you think, well, there's, there's so many more people, but start thinking what it really means on the ground. You know, so there's, now there's a permit limit system. Uh, uh, 50 a day, a maximum we're supposed to start out. We didn't have it in a day, but it didn't really matter. Uh, and on one hand, said, oh, 50 a day, that sounds like a lot. But that's, you know, 50 people spread out over 20 plus miles. And if, if, we, if you had a freeway with uh, 50 cars on it on 20 miles, you'd have a bad movie about the apocalypse is what you'd have. <laughs> so, and because people are spread out, the uh, you know, trail towns have been able to absorb it and not just be inundated. Um, you have a broader constituency able to support these trails. Because one thing we don't talk about much is we don't talk about the, uh, the backside. We think about the wonder being out there, and that's great. But I woke up one day. It took me 1,600 miles, Andy. I'm uh, coming into, uh, getting closer to your neck of the woods. I was coming into uh, Shasta City that morning. Mm-hmm. And after hiking 1,600 miles, all of a sudden I wake up and I say, you know, this is the 21st century. And I'm walking to the most populous state in the United States of America, California. And I'm walking on a continuous line from Mexico to Canada that largely one, uh, wanders through wilderness. And isn't this almost like a, like a miracle? Um, and that was the moment, the epiphany I had. I said, you know, I have a decent skill set uh, in my professional life. One of my professional lives, Scout 2.0. Uh, I was a lawyer and I came back and I started volunteering and that's how I ended up on the, uh, uh, on the board. Cause there's all this backside that has to take place. I'll, um, uh, here's a letter the PCTA once received from a through hiker and the letter began. I have just completed my through hike of the Pacific Crest trail and I feel a quiet sense of rage. I saw countless blowdowns. I saw washed out trail. I saw trails so overgrown it was hard to get through. It looks like nobody cares. Andy, the year was 1991. The PCTA had yet to hire its first actual employee. Somewhere south, somewhere fewer than 5,000 volunteer trail maintenance hours were put on the trail. Today, if you were to finish it, if you were to talk to people, if next time you pick up someone in Ashland and give them a ride into uh, in, into town, you ask them, you know, so how's the trail look and feel to you? Very likely, you get a pretty darn glowing report. It's in good shape. And that's because for a number of years, you've had over 2,000 people go out and put in over 100,000 a year volunteer trail maintenance hours. All of which, you know, training and food and planning, coordinating with the local district ranger or the BLM or the National Park Service, um, all of which is because you now have a, a, a PCTA with uh, about 30 full-time employees uh, that's able to support this. Because the truth is, um, trails don't disappear in a generation. A trail can literally disappear overnight, and it takes all of us. So I'll get off that soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) 
and it, it's so true. I know this summer I haven't been able to do much backpacking because of COVID and stuff, but I've done a lot of day hiking between Syed Valley and, and Crater Lake. And even in a year where I know we have the Southern Oregon Rockers here, which which do the trail lanes for the PCT, um, even in a year where they haven't been able to do much, they had to cancel a lot of events. I walk that trail and I'm like, even though there's a blow out here, this trail still looks immaculate. And I think of all the hours that were done last year and the year before. And it, it's amazing to think of how many people care and love that trail like you and Frodo do. And um, it's it's amazing amount of love by so many people to, to make it happen. And I know on behalf of the trail community, it, it, a huge thank you for what you do. Uh, shifting gears here a little bit. Hiking in general, you talked about you, you got into hiking at a young age. What is it specifically about the act of hiking, whether it's a day hike, a backpacking trip or a through hike that re-energizes and, and charges you up so much that you want to go back and, and do it again? As a starting point, you know, we're talking a bunch today about through hiking, but I want to make really, really clear in so many respects, it doesn't matter how far you get out, even sitting and having a meal at a trailhead, going out and having a picnic, going out for an hour walk, a few hour day hike overnight, all these, all these take you out there. Uh, and in fact, especially in this time of COVID today, walking out your front door, walking to the end of block, walking to the park, you have started, you've entered a magical realm. What is it about the act of walking, Andy? You know, the most, the most celebrated event in our lives is one none of us recall. The university celebrated. And that was He's taking his first steps. She, she, she's walking. <laughs> yes. It's the most natural act we do. And when we do it, we're, we're different people. We're not the same person when we sit behind the wheel of a car. Hmm? Do, uh, it's rare walking along when I'm out walking that I feel any of the, you know, often aggressive stuff we feel in the car because we got this two tons worth of metal and someone just cut us off. No, instead, we go out walking. We have the sky overhead. We don't have a building. We have uh, removed so many of the distractions. And we're open to things in an entirely different way. If you, uh, if, if, I'll say this, uh, you're driving a car and you see someone in the other car. You know, what are your first thoughts? And you're out walking and you see someone walking towards you. Maybe they're walking their dog. Maybe they're, they have a, a, a friend with them they're chatting or a young child. And your thoughts are entirely different. Yeah. Uh, anyone listening, I encourage you, if you're not going out and, and walking tomorrow or this afternoon, go out and just walk to the end of your block. I had someone uh, 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 send me an email. Uh, that they listened to me say that. And they, and, uh, they said, yeah, I've walked. I've lived in this neighbor for 20 years and I walked the... Uh, uh, I went on a walk the other day, and I ended up having chats with two neighbors who I've never talked before, with before. I'll give you um, one more concrete example. Frodo and I, we did not shelter in place here in San Diego. After we had to cancel our season, we had 1,200 people who were scheduled to stay at our house, and it would have been even more. And on March 15th, we had to make the incredibly hard decision and cancel. It was no longer safe. 
that was that was it. And then helped those 1,200 to the extent we could because many of them had boxes already at our house that they'd shipped here. But four days later, uh, our middle child, who was uh, eight months uh, pregnant and had our uh, two-year-old grandson, she and her husband, strong people, called out help. Uh, daycare was canceled. Uh, we flew on a plane and we sheltered in place for three months uh, with our daughter and soon and a very quickly new newborn grandson and our two-year-old. Every day at 11 o'clock, I would take uh, Cormac and we'd go out for an hour walk to the end of a long block. And when we started, um, uh, he was reluctant. I didn't know any of the people, the 20 plus homes on this, uh, uh, on this block. And when we finished 90 days later, we knew, we knew well and had traditions already with so many of the people. There was the neighbor whose home had a, they had garden gnomes out front and we would switch them around and then they would switch them around. We took out sidewalk chalk and we would leave notes. People got very used to seeing uh, and enjoying seeing the very poor tank trucks I can draw. I don't draw well. Uh, uh, we had our first favorite fire hydrant. And our second favorite fire hydrant, there was the guy who had a, um, a swing hanging from an oak in their front yard and said, you know, you, know uh, you guys ought to use it. And then he saw when we did, the first day was broken. And the next day, he's apparently gone to Home Depot, bought a whole new spring uh, swing. He is up more than 20 feet in the ladder, uh, putting in a new swing. Uh, we ended up with this whole community around just the very act that one hour a day, my grandson and I would go out and walk. Yeah. Walking itself is a special thing, and walking on something like the PCT is 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 its own doubly special thing. And what would you tell someone who they're they're looking online, they're seeing all these hikers and stuff, and they want to get into hiking? There's the practical stuff, there's the gear stuff, but somebody wants to get out and and start walking and start hiking. What should someone do to mentally prepare themselves to go out and hike? The most important thing is actually do it, <laughs> do it that first time, um, do it that first time that you, um, you have things, uh, in your favor, you'll have a good time to so do it again. And so that tends to be go with someone who knows what they're doing, uh, having, um, having scouted out whether online, whether in a, uh, I know numbers towns have a uh, books, uh, I think the title are a foot in the field in San Diego, Los Angeles, wherever. Um, so get things ready to going in your favor, but in particular, if you're going out for your first overnight, um, I, uh, two suggestions, one, almost every area, there's a local Sierra club and they run a great beginning backpack. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, so they do some classroom instruction, uh, culminates usually in an overnight, uh, and it's people who love it, who are leading this thing. So you know, volunteers, but the other thing I want you to do, and this is, uh, I want you to remember this. Those of you who have not been out on the first overnight yet and you're thinking about doing it. Here's what I want you to say to the person taking you out that you're going with on your first overnight. You look them in the eye and you say this. You say, Scout says, it's your job to make sure I have a good time. <laughs> awesome. And that's the important thing to remember. You're, you have to have a good time. It's... You can stress about the gear and this and that, and those things are important, but enjoy yourself. Enjoy the nature that you're in. With that, you've written this book, this amazing book, 
and so many people have said it's like being on the trail, and it really is. What was the impetus of writing a book about your journey on the PCT in 2007? I became privy to so many amazing, powerful, even searing um, stories out there. When you meet someone out the trail, even if you've just met them, you know, we talk differently to each other out there. I feel safe in some way. Uh, it feels primal. Um, it's not with the trappings of our house or our work around us. It's just the two of us out there. Um, and I would have a conversation almost once a day that, um, uh, that in the, in the city, I wouldn't have with a best friend once a year. So especially some of the uh, people that, uh, uh, that I feature in a book with Blazer, Dalton, and Tony and Nadine. It's still amazing to me. They trust me with their backstories and actually, uh, uh, just learning, you know, just learning of them out there. Blazer, um, uh, Blazer on the trail, young woman. She was, uh, 24, turned 25 on the trail and people, uh, a common question we got there would be, uh, how long have you been thinking about doing this? You know, uh, uh thinking about doing the PCT. You know, when did you start planning? And she would get that question asked and she, her answer was always the same. She'd always say, ha, three weeks before I started to my surprise, my friends, I told them, I'm shaving my head and I'm hiking the Pacific Crest Trail. And we'd all laugh. And the conversation would move on. Three months after we finished, in the dead of winter, um, completely across the country, I was the first hiker that she told why. Yeah. And it amazes me that she carried this burden and carried it uh, uh, amidst all of us um, uh, for that long. So it was these, yeah, it was these stories I wanted to share. I wanted to be able to take you out there, whether uh, you were someone who was a, a triple crowned in all, all three of our uh, nation's great Northwest trails, or someone who literally had a, a light to occasionally uh, uh, have a glimmer of a dream about maybe doing an overnight. Because here's where I want to take you. <laughs> I want to take you into a pit toilet outhouse on the nastiest of days. It is blowing so bad outside that you couldn't even think about getting your little stove going and cooking your dinner, which you need. It is colder than I'll get out. And so cold and nasty that, oh my gosh, the only place around I can do dinner is in this pit toilet outhouse. And there you are in the corner. The throne is two feet away and you are wearing every stitch of clothing you have. You're huddled over your little stove with your little pot slowly cooking away and you can't wait for it to, to, uh, to, to get hot enough and boil. And what you are, Andy, is you are happy. I'd like to take you there and take readers there. And you do that in the book so well and so eloquently and it's amazing read. And I would encourage everyone to please go out and, and read the book. And there's so many questions I would usually ask a through hiker, but it's in the book. So I'm not going to ask because I want everyone to read the book. It's, it's that good. I think you're as a hiker, you're doing yourself a disservice by not, by not getting this book. 
closing out, I want I want to ask you one more question. What does the Pacific Crest Trail mean to you? It means this huge door that opened up in my life to the most wonderful people, uh, richest experiences. We have so, so many friends. Um, so many people know they can reach out to us and that we can reach out to them. At the bottom line, you know, we talk, it's this wilderness thing and that's great kind of, at the bottom line, Pacific Crest Trail means people to me. Wonderful people, the most amazing connections I ever could have imagined. Yeah. And, and that's what Journeys North is about at the bottom line. It's these, these people stories, both on trail and off trail that they trust me with. And now I get to share them with you. And you, you do it so well. And thank you for writing this book and for your years of service to the trail community uh, here on the Pacific Crest Trail. And you have definitely made an impact that, that vibrates and permeates all over the country and world and all up and down this trail, uh, whether you're in Ashland or San Diego or in Washington. Um, people know your name and what you've done and the kindness that has radiated out from, from your home down there in the South Terminus. Uh, if people wanted to follow your journey on social media or online, where, where would they go? Um, two places good. One is uh, uh, my author website, which is simply Barney Scout Man with two ends.com. Um, also, Instagram. I post little videos there. I have a couple readings. And uh, uh, at age 68, I've gotten in, 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 <laughs> yes. into Instagram, I'll place. And that's under journeys.north. Yes. And uh, I, I've been following you and you even said some kind words on my post the other day. I was so, it was so touching to have you say some nice things when I, I was posting on my hiking journey. So thank you so much. And uh, everyone, please make sure you go out and uh, buy Scout's book, Journeys North, at your local bookstore or wherever books are sold. Guys, thank you for taking the time to listen through that whole interview. I am blown away that people want to hear me and what I make. So thank you. Uh, I am just, uh, I'm, I'm getting blown away. And thank you so much to Scout for your generosity and your kindness towards me and the Hiker Podcast. Uh, truly is like, you, you just, you, when he tells a story, whether you're, you're sitting there talking to him, you know, on Zoom or Skype or whatever, or, or you're, you're listening to the book or you're reading the book, you, you feel like, wow, he, the way he describes things, it's just you need to go pick up the book, Journeys North. If you can pick it up at your local, you know, hometown bookstore, I'd encourage you to do that. Um, you know, it is available on Amazon. It is there. But, you know, I would encourage you to support your local bookstore. Those, if you're in Ashland, Bloomsbury Books, tell them this, like, hey, tell your local bookstore, say, hey, I'd like this book. And maybe they can order for you and then you could support your local bookstore. Because we need those local bookstores. We need them. Amazon can't take everything. So <laughs> anyways, I still buy things from Amazon, but I try not to of my hardest because, uh, yeah, <laughs> I like having bookstores next to my house or near my house. Um, I do want to mention to you all, if you have not requested already, if you uh, hit me up in my DMs uh, on my Instagram, Andy Films and Hikes, or on the Hiker Podcast uh, Instagram at Hiker Podcast, 
request a hiker podcast sticker. I'll send you one for free. That's it. No strings attached. I just want you to have hikers love stickers. I love stickers. You know, I, I just found out I, I, I REI has the, the garage sale right right now going on like all the time. And I'm getting gear ready for my first backtracking trip with my son, Bobo. And so I'm going there a lot to see what they're putting out. They have this corner section for the members. And I am a member because, you know, I like the garage sales. And that's what I love to do. Do support your local, your local, um, um, you know, outfitters, you know, big, big shout out to Mountain Provisions in Ashland, Oregon. But, you know, they have those, those, those sales, you know, because they have such generous return policies. And uh, I, uh, I, I, I've been there a lot prepping and getting ready for, um, for our first backpacking trip and they give the kids stickers if they're wearing their masks properly. So I've been having my kids come with me and put your masks on kids. No, you don't get these stickers. They're mine. <laughs> Cause I like stickers. Anyways, uh, make sure you follow us on all the various social media networks on Facebook or Instagram for all that information. You can go to hikerpodcast.com or the hikerpodcast.com. It's all there. Make sure you pick up uh, scouts book journeys North, the Pacific crest trail, and uh, follow me on Instagram at Andy Films and Hikes. And with that, guys, thank you so much. Oh, wait, one thing. I am preparing for my first backpacking trip. If you have some words of wisdom for me, um, I'm going to post a link here pretty soon where you can leave a message for me. And uh, I'd like to hear your suggestions about what to... Uh, what to do and what 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 you would ha what, what you think would be a good advice for a first time backpacker like myself. Um, so what you can do, I can tell you right now, um, our podcast host Anchor has um, a recording feature, and if you go to Anchor.fm/hikerpodcast, there's a uh, little little thing there that says leave a message, or in the description of this, there's actually thing there that says leave a message and just click on message and you can record a message and I can put you up on the air and I would love for you to do that. And just, uh, I'd love to hear your suggestions about, um, what I should do, um, how I should prepare. And I think those things could help all of us. So make sure you go and, uh, you do that, you know, a little one minute message, be like, Hey Andy, I know my first backpacking trip, I did this and this, and I just say, you know, make sure you have fun. This, that. I would love to hear your suggestions. And uh, we'll shout you out on the air. We'll play the little recording on the air. With that, with that, this we're ending now, I promise. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And this has been The Hiker Podcast. <laughs>